Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Don't know why you're why you're waving, Katie. This is audio, but <laughs> oops, <laughs> sorry. I was going to then say I'm something about keen. it, but then, uh, but then that wouldn't have made any sense, and everyone wants to see the intro. Let's try again. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, F1 Weekly News Edition before Christmas. Oh yeah, here Ooh, we are. Festive. Once again, back in your ears or back live on Twitch, WTF1 official, if you don't follow us already. And uh, Katie, actually, I did a previous take and uh, she started waving to audio listeners. So I'm not sure if you felt that wave, but uh, she did actually wave again and tried to put me off. But uh, Katie's with me. Tommy uh, is unwell. Shock. This man is so unwell all of the time at the moment. And um, I wish him the best recovery possible, especially before Christmas. Hey. I know. It seems to be the time of the year where you either get really poorly or you just manage to escape it. So at the moment, touch wood, I'm feeling all right. Mm. But yeah, poor Tommy, he's been unwell so much. Yeah, he was unwell. Then he was better for about three days and now he's really unwell again. So uh, that's fine. We We can steady the ship right now without the founder because we've got some news to talk about. And there is one big bit of news that has caused quite the, um, uh, I would say, discussion. Uh, to put it lightly, on social media around um, the FIA banning drivers from political statements uh, and within that just general like personal things and everything. Basically, they can't express an opinion without approval. That's, that is kind of how uh, I say it, or their stance or, or whatever. Um, Sebastian Vettel will be fuming. Uh, because he was obviously one of the uh, one of the drivers that really uh, took a step forward in, in that in that arena, and it was great to see, you know, highlighting problems in the world that perhaps weren't getting the the spotlight that that they deserved. But the FIA have clamped down on that, and it is uh, well for me personally, it's caused quite the um, sat like weird taste in my mouth. It's left because it very much just seems like censorship. And uh, the FIA trying to be this like neutral entity, but we're in a day and an age now where that isn't good enough, right? If you go to countries that perhaps have very much questionable human rights laws, et cetera, et cetera, some drivers, some teams, whatever, they might want to express their opinions on that. This has basically been shut down now. Yeah, it's certainly an interesting decision. So the FIA have updated their international sporting code. So that's the kind of code that applies to all FIA championships. So this won't just affect Formula One, it will affect the World Rally Championship, WEC, Formula E, whatever, karting, because they have karting championships and stuff like that. But yeah, basically they need written permission. This is drivers need written permission from the FIA if they wish to make a political, religious and personal statement or comment. So it's not ruling it out completely, but they'll have to get written permission. And obviously <laughs> oh, yeah. if the FIA, bit... it's like, <laughs> getting a doctor's note eh? yeah it's a bit strange um and as a result lots of people are saying well if you have to get written permission in the first place it's kind of taking away the whole freedom of speech aspect 
but I have been watching a lot of content since this was announced yesterday. Um, Tomo in particular did a YouTube video on it, which I'd recommend everybody to go and watch. It's a very balanced argument. Um, and in there, he, you know, makes examples about what if a driver wants to, I think he used the example of like birth control, for example, like still a very controversial subject in some areas. If a driver wants to come out and talk about that, if the FIA decline it, then the FIA might be saying themselves that they are against it. If they approve it, then they're going to have the opinion that they approve it. Whereas before it was just kind of neutral. Like they just let drivers say what they want to say and it sort of didn't impact the FIA too much. But depending on what they approve or deny might make the FIA like, put them even to even a worse position. Um, and then also F1 Tony on Twitch, um, she spoke about it. And she was super passionate um, about this issue and she made some really interesting points as well. But yeah, it's like you say, left a really bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Um, and it's just a shame because, you know, we've had so many controversies with the FIA, especially this season. I'm not sure if maybe these points have just been heightened because there's a whole new audience that have fallen in love with Formula One and maybe these things are being picked up more in the mainstream media, social media has grown, all this kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it's it just seems like the FIA have really shot themselves in the foot with this one. It just, it just seems to go against everything that they seem to stand for only a few years ago with the whole we race as one message. Yes, and and I guess me. within that, it's kind of, you know, every you know, we support each other and it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, we race as one, which in my opinion comes across as we support however you want to live, essentially. You know, it doesn't matter what you believe or whatever, your opinion matters and we race as one and we all support each other. And now it's, oh, no, you can't actually highlight anything uh, that you might believe in without strict permission and i know it's, it's not gonna become public is it we're not gonna get access to requests from drivers to share x y and z and the fia said no i'm sure they will keep it very very quiet uh as to what they approve and what they don't approve um but it just seems like a backward step in my opinion and i wonder and obviously this is just opinion which i am allowed to share on this platform um Ooh. is is all of these countries that everyone has been questioning coming onto the f1 calendar the likes of saudi arabia qatar etc you wonder if there's been a bit of pressure there over what the drivers will be allowed to do or not do at these certain races so instead of highlighting those they've just blanket right you have to request for any race anytime uh, and we will put it through that process that that's my feeling from it is that there's been pressure uh from circuits from from you know stakeholders that bring a lot of money into the sport uh, to clamp down on these spontaneous, I suppose, and cannot be controlled um, pieces of messaging that, that drivers decide to share. Yeah, well, lots of journalists sort of, well, covered this yesterday. And uh, the FIA did send out a statement from one of their spokesperson, uh, spokespersons and said that the International Sporting Code has been updated in alignment with the political neutrality of a sport as a universal fundamental ethnic uh, ethical principle of the Olympic movement. 
um, which came in with the International Olympic Committee Code of Ethics. So it's something that they have basically taken inspiration from somewhere else. So this in this time, the International Olympic Committee. But I going back to your point on like the we race as one thing that obviously came into effect in 2020 um, during the pandemic when we didn't have any racing, there was so much sort of social unrest and all of these awful issues going on that they decided to have this pre-race movement in which the drivers could either stand or they could kneel and um, every driver was sort of given a blanket and racism t-shirt but certain other drivers like Lewis Hamilton or Sebastian Vettel might wear a t-shirt that was a slightly different design Mick Schumacher as well um, but it just I know that the FIA and F1 are different entirely but it just seems mad to me that only two years ago they were literally as part of the routine were making drivers make this stance about this movement and now two years down the line if they want to make a similar sort of suggestion um then they'll have to get written permission from the FIA to do it it just seems so backwards that's what I can't wrap my head around it's an odd an odd time uh in Formula One I think a lot of people have uh, been quite quite fairly concerned about uh, the the route in which formula 1 is is going down in the FIA and obviously this isn't this isn't just formula 1 this is every championship under the FIA blanket uh so yeah not great of course there's a few examples that maybe have caused these discussions to be had and then eventually they've put this ruling out which i'm sure they knew was not going to go down well for example in the 2020 Tuscan Grand Prix uh where Lewis Hamilton uh, wore a t-shirt on the podium which was saying arrest the cops who killed uh, Breonna Taylor um, and you know that was a, a big sort of movement from from Lewis and and fair play you know he was just expressing how he felt um, and that kind of then caused a review by the FIA uh, who then made basically they made sure that they couldn't do that or he couldn't do that uh, to that degree although I, we say that Sebastian Vettel last year the Hungarian Grand Prix uh, wore a t-shirt saying same love uh, for the pre-race national anthem. Uh, and he also uh, campaigned again at the Canadian Grand Prix, uh, wearing a T-shirt as well, uh, around stopping mining tar sands. Uh, and it says, and it said Canada's climate crime. So Sebastian Vettel, Lewis Hamilton, two massive figureheads in Formula One. Of course, Seb's moved on now, but both of them really did use Formula One and their platform to push um, things that they believed in and things that they needed, um, or they believed need, needed highlighting more. Um, but clearly the FIA Formula One did not, they're not like this. They didn't like it at all. And, uh, they have, uh, stepped in. And if you actually go back even further, there has been problems and moments in time in Formula One where, where things have kicked off, but then subsequently sorted out quite quickly. Like in 2006, uh, the Turkish Grand Prix organizers were handed a $5 million fine after they essentially labeled or called the person uh, president uh, called uh what's the, cypriot Tur the turkish cypriot leader mehmet ali talat uh was introduced as the president of the turkish republic of northern cyprus which was the only which was only recognized by turkey so that in itself was like a political statement and uh there was a big fine for that so that was yeah one moment in time but i guess you know from there the that was kind of just a very much an isolated instant. Whereas nowadays um, drivers are absolutely in their own, own right and own minds to, to push whatever they please. In my opinion, like it doesn't, it doesn't cause formula one to be brought into disrepute and it's not 
it doesn't change the schedule or change anything around the the viewing of Formula One. Uh, so for me, it just seems like a, a 30 year step back and censorship, which I'm not a fan of at all. Yeah, well, I mean, as part of the International Sporting Code, we've seen this jewellery ban, for example, or the underwear rule, which got highlighted massively in 2022. Um, and nothing was done about that. So it will have to be seen, like, because I, I can't say for definite, but seeing as Lewis has not, um, you know, he, he took some of his piercings out as requested obviously the one with his nose stud he tried to follow the rules but he got an infection in his nose and so he had to put a stud in on doctor's advice and all this kind of stuff like he tried but there was never a, a big as far as I'm aware a big sanction or punishment for that um I obviously I'm not aware what underwear the drivers are wearing because that would be a bit of a weird one but I can only assume that they've somewhat followed the rules if they haven't once again we haven't heard of a big sanction or punishment so it makes me wonder what the punishment will be for something like this because you know what is to stop a driver whether that's Lewis Hamilton or it could be someone else with experience Fernando Alonso for example because I think one of the problems is that maybe a lot of the younger drivers also want to voice their concerns but they don't quite have that legacy that maybe somebody like Sebastian or Lewis has where they sort of can say well you know, I'm a seven-time world champion. You really think you can scare me by saying you're going to find me this much if I have a nose stud in or whatever? So yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see what happens there and what the punishment will be. But I imagine it will probably just be a financial sanction. I very much doubt they'll look at you know banning Lewis Hamilton or whoever it may be. Like I said, I'm just using that name, but for a race just because they wore a T-shirt that might have you know a pride flag on it or something like that. So. We'll have to wait and see. It might be empty words or there might actually be some serious uh, sanctions in place for if they do break the rules. But the problem they were, is... They were reprimanded, weren't they, before? And it wasn't like they got away with wearing these T-shirts. That, that was only a reprimand because yeah, they wore I... a T-shirt during the national anthem. He didn't get reprimanded for wearing a same love T-shirt in or Hungary. Or having a T-shirt, right. Yeah, it, regardless of the T-shirt, there were like another four drivers. I think Carlos Sainz was one of them as well. Who They just they only got the reprimand because they had this T-shirt on while the national anthem was playing. It wasn't just Seb that got the reprimand. So... Um, yeah, we'll have to see what happens there. But obviously, Seb said afterwards, I'm happy for them to disqualify me if they want for wearing this T-shirt. But that wasn't the, the T-shirt wasn't the problem, like what was on it. It was the fact that he was wearing it at that time. So, yeah, we'll have to see. But I mean, Will Buxton made some interesting points yesterday on Twitter. One of the things that we all know Pierre Gasly does before the race and it's broadcast on the national or international feed is he likes to do his um, like cross um movement across his chest as well as obviously like catching his tennis balls but maybe you know his religious uh <laughs> signage is a bit more uh, relevant to this and they were like well will he be able to do that anymore and he asked the FIA if that was the case and they didn't get back to him but things like this I mean which, surely that that, it that would be taking it so that far. level right like that's but that's a religious religious symbolism statement. or religious movement yeah, or whatever you want to so, do yeah. So, I mean, it seems like they've put this rule in and thought maybe, oh, it's kind of, it's like a box tick, we've done it, blah, 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 blah. And then haven't actually thought about 
<laughs> the results. Like, is Lewis Hamilton going to have to wear a scarf in the paddock because he's got God is love on his neck? Like, does that count as a religious, you know, statement? Like, all of this kind of stuff. It's not just a case of going, oh, you can't rock up to the T-shirt in a pride, you know, love is love or whatever T-shirt when you're walking in a paddock where maybe that's criminalised. But ugh, it's just so... I don't like the fact, I don't like the rule anyway, but the fact that it's just so short and sweet and like not elaborated on because it's such a complex issue that everyone that has seen it has got questions on that are not going to be answered because we're not in the middle of an F1 season. They, I don't know if they've waited for it to be the end of the season to bring this rule out, but... Um, 100%. Yeah. They know what they're doing in terms of releasing stuff like this that they know will go down um really really badly so 100 percent they've done it because they think oh no one's really gonna see it it can just be brushed under the carpet christmas etc etc so yeah they, they knew what they were doing with this uh but it's not something that's going to be so easily swept under because the thing is the drivers have to now abide by these rules and the penalties aren't clear as to what they will be um but i full well see if if lewis hamilton for example fully believes in something he will he will do what he feels is right and maybe this will be the beginning of the end of of the FIA and Formula One we don't know like this this if it genuinely becomes this sort of regime that's so backwards um I could full well see you know down the line that this this is where drivers will go well screw you you know what I mean so yeah it's uh, a very touchy subject and something that uh does not sit well with with a lot of people um uh, I, I did see someone in the chat. Uh, was it Fizzy X Fizz X thirty three? I watch sports to escape from politics, not to be confronted with more politics. I would argue that Vettel wearing a same love T shirt is not politics. That's just general, just being a human being and having good morals and and standing for for what's right. Personally, I, I, those kind of things I don't think are politics. And it's not like you're sat in front of a, a politician for an hour being lectured about something. These are the drivers doing their own little bit by wearing a T-shirt or whatever and promoting what they believe is right. I, I, I don't personally think that's politics in the slightest. I had an interesting conversation, actually. I won't name them, but I, I did an interview with a racing driver yesterday for something that's coming out next year. And I asked them about this, you know, new rule that's been enforced. And they said that they were actually happy, I guess, to see it being enforced because certain subjects which are brought up can be a big split of opinion. Like, that's just how it is. And by taking that away might mean for less conflicts on things like social media and people arguing with each other because everybody thinks they're in the right and that kind of thing so taking this away means that you can focus more on the racing but at the same time like we've said before this point you know drivers have earned their right in my opinion to voice what they want to voice you know they're the ones that put themselves in danger for our entertainment and if they want to highlight an issue that they really find close to them then I think they should be allowed to do that. So, yeah, it's, it is a really tricky one. And I can see why there's been so much conversation about it online. Um, and everybody will have their own opinions and that's absolutely fine. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think also the fact that we've not really had much news has meant that this has been a big talking point and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, yeah that's, I feel like them being like, oh, I'm gonna, we're going to release it on Christmas. 
all F1 fans are latching onto any bit of news whatsoever. They so should have done like it the other morning when effect. all the team principals left. You yeah, know? they've just gone. <laughs> like that one. There you go. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Anyway, yeah, that's um, not good. We'll see how that one unfolds. Uh, within that, uh, there's been another change to the ISC, as they call it, um, which stands for, Katie, International, International Sporting Code. Code. There you go. You sleep with the rule book. Hey, eh? um, eh? and that's uh, around uh, the FIA president and the FIA deputy president for sport not being able to work um, for like a, a competitor, a team, whatever, within half a year of of them leaving, basically. So it's like a gardening leave type vibe, and uh, it means that Ross Braun can't just be like, "Yo, Ferrari" or whatever. Like it's um, it's just to kind of protect from that, isn't it? Yeah, I think Ross Braun because he doesn't clarif- like classify as FIA because he's, he's on the he's F- side of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or F one, yeah, the other kind of side of things. But yeah, they've uh, lots of publications have sort of used Jean Todd as a good example. Obviously, Todd, of course, he, yeah. Yeah, he left um, his role as FIA president at the end of last year, just as once again more FIA controversy was bubbling away. Um, so it would be to stop him from basically going to Ferrari would have been him going far in the middle of the season but the next person so it applies to both the president and i think it's the deputy president as well um yeah if they if mohammed ben Suleiman decided do you know what this fia president stuff isn't for me it means that he couldn't suddenly just quit today and then join alpine next week or mercedes or you know whoever i'm just picking random teams out here there's not no no association there at all but um yeah it's yeah just to stop i guess somebody from the top of the fia going and spilling secrets to another f1 team and giving them the benefit of all of that knowledge so just a silly little rule. But one thing I will say about the FIA, which I see as a positive, is that whenever they make amendments or additions or take things away from whether that's the International Sporting Code, sporting regulations, technical regulations, they tend to always highlight the changes, which I find good and much better than having to like file through a 200 page document to try and find any kind of differences because that would just be hell. Um but yeah, I guess it makes journalist lives a little bit easier if you can just flick through and it, for example, the changes in the ISC are like bright blue or sometimes in like the sporting regulations, they're bright pink. And so you can see if things have been taken away or added, which is a pro for the FIA. So well done. You've done something good. Pretty handy. Well done, FIA. <laughs> I don't know if you heard my doorbell. Uh, Apologise if you No, did. I didn't. Um, I didn't. Okay, cool. I think uh, Twitch chat did, but uh, cool. Oh, well, they uh, did. Okay, I did. Yeah, there you go. Um, so that's FIA stuff done. I feel like Let's we covered that. Let's close that. I'm just done talking about it. <sighs> no more FIA for 2022, Katie. How does that feel? That feels good, right? Lovely. Lovely Peace. stuff. Um, <laughs> other few couple of things to mention. Uh, I think Katie, did you put an article out about it as well? So maybe you know the most about this, the F1 season opener, um, potentially rotating, changing. Yeah, so obviously it depends when you started watching F1 because for maybe Drive to Survive fans, you might associate the season opener with something like Bahrain. For me as somebody, like I'm a 90s baby, I've been watching F1 since like the late 90s, early noughties. I think of Australia. What about you, Matt? Are you in Australia? Yeah, Australia all day long, yeah. Yeah, Um, but there might be some reshuffling over the next like, decade or two so it's not going to be a case of switching them all the time but basically the australian grand prix had an extension so 
initially it was that uh, Albert Park would host the Australian Grand Prix until 2035. Then they got a two-year extension. So now it's until 2037, which is excellent news. Um, and as part of that announcement of like the little two-year extension, they said that they were also going to be hosting the season opener at least four times between 2023 and 2037. But in their detail that there will be an exception to this rule, as in 2024, the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix would get that honor out of respect for Ramadan. So lots of people have sort of said, okay, well, Saudi Arabia will get a chance to have the season opener once maybe more times if you know it would have it the price is right yeah <laughs> and then australia is going to get that honor back again and then when it's not saudi or not australia i assume bahrain will continue to have it so yeah it sounds like over the next <laughs> yeah <laughs> few, more more than a few years until 2037 we're going to have a bit of a switch around with bahrain australia and potentially saudi so there we go that is that news um i personally love having australia first i am really not a morning person so <laughs> having the first race and like all that excitement of seeing cars on track again and all that kind of thing makes worth like makes it worth getting up at 2 a.m or whatever for a practice session um but i also love the australian grand prix anyway so i'm i would get up for it at any time anyway and then everyone listening who doesn't live in Europe sitting there going, I do this every weekend, Katie. You have yeah, to do it once. Why is the it. doorbell going off again? For goodness sake. Have you ordered all your Christmas presents last yeah, minute or that's, something? That's, have that's, that's you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Soph. Nice. But it's fine. We'll carry on. Soph's uh, answering the door left, right and centre whilst trying to also Legend. get ready to go out. Um, also, I need to go back to the FIA. Very quickly. I apologise. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, it actually was a package for Soph, not me. Um well, I don't think we've spoken about the little altercation that happened between Christian Horner and Mohammed bin Sulayem at the awards with uh, Stefano Domenicali trying to almost be a referee there. Separate girls, yeah. <laughs> what a weird... Like, that was such a weird interaction, wasn't it? I feel like some of it was perhaps slightly misconstrued as to what Christian Horner actually meant, but... Mohammed bin Sulayem went like he proper went defensive, didn't he? And he was saying, "Well, it's not not a conspiracy," because I think we're speaking about Suzuka and the points and how Verstappen oh, yeah. was uh, made made champion. Um, but you could kind of tell there's obviously been a bit of alcohol and whatever. It would seem that way anyway. And uh, the whole interaction was just so weird, wasn't it? There can't be one of these prize givings without some sort of random moment, whether that's Kimi Raikkonen like storming on the, well, he didn't storm on the stage, he literally won an award, but he was obviously a bit merry um, and doing his fate. Well, audio listeners won't be able to see this, but Twitch will, where he did like his whole thing like this for Sebastian Vessel and held out his arms. A bit like the uh, F1 version of the Will Smith, you know, showing off his wife meme. Um, but yeah, that was very unusual. And that was a big talking point the next day. There was uh, that clip just circulating Twitter um, and everyone commenti commentating on it. Even like Korean Chandok had a comment on it. So yeah, it was a very weird moment. Very odd. Just wanted to, because someone said it in chat yeah. and I was like, we need to speak about it. Right, okay. F1 season opener. That's, that's. I mean, that's pretty much, it's just standard stuff really, isn't it? I mean, changing up the season opener, I don't, I'm not too fussed about. I mean, as you say, Australia, 
if it's ever going to be a race where I get up so early, the first one's definitely the one for it. Uh, as you say, the excitement, uh, just wanting to see the cars back out on track and starting the championship, every driver on zero points. Um, so I would love to see Australia uh, as as the uh, first race of the season again. And finally, and it's kind of like a small thing, but because we're live on Twitch, I thought we'd mention it anyway, right? Nice. Because, I mean, it's a yeah. nice little, you know, segue. Um, if you're listening on audio, you aren't on Twitch, but come and join us at some point, all right? Uh, it's that Alex Albon has hinted that the uh, the Twitch quartet could make a, a reunion uh, in the summer bre- uh, in the winter break, this summer break, <laughs> uh, in, during the off season, um, I am going to take with a pinch of salt. Katie, what have you heard on the ground? Well, I was actually at the dinner with George Russell and Alex Albert. That was were it. you? Wow. No, I wish that would. I Under think that'd table. be great. That Two weird. great people. That sounds really weird. Why did you say that? What is? That? <laughs> I was thinking about where you'd listen. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Uh, so. I just like to clarify, I was nowhere near Alex and George <laughs> at this dinner, but Alex was on Twitch. Um, I've got the giggles. Alex was on Twitch streaming Stumble Guys. I haven't heard of this. Stumble like gu- Guys? Oh, I thought you actually got like it wrong. Four. I thought you No, it's called Stumble Guys. Stumble. What the hell is Stumble Guys? <laughs> I don't know, but he was playing it and he dressed up as a banana and was basically saying, um, oh, I was having dinner with george yesterday and we sort of talked about maybe doing some more twitch stuff over the winter break um now i just need to convince like lando and charles to join in apparently lando has said he should. isn't a streamer anymore according to the twitch chat and that his pc doesn't even start anymore well i would say back to that well, he you is can a buy formula a PC, one driver <laughs> and i'm sure they they would um give him a computer in a heartbeat uh but st- no stumble guys i think chat is actually what it's called like Katie's not had like a mare there. Like it's, it's, I think it's an alternate version uh, to Fall Guys. Okay. Are you looking it up right let now? Me a, let me do a little goo. It's real and it looks just like Fall Guys. What's the difference? You're just stumbling all the time. Like, you look just, more like, human. Almost... You look oh. more rather than the little um, Fall Guy thing. I don't even know what they're meant to be. Um, they look more human. It's literally exactly the same. All the rounds are the same. There's okay, like so the it's actually one. real. Look, chat, I've been looking it up right now. Uh, it's a pound yeah, land full guys. <laughs> we have so four guys. That's what Alex was playing. <laughs> we have four guys at home. That's amazing. That's, <laughs> that's great. That's really good. Maybe we should do a stumble guys stream. Stumble guys Christmas. stream. Okay, maybe. Maybe we'll have to do that uh, between Christmas and New Year. Yeah, that's sorry for doubting me. Thanks. Yeah, don't doubt Johnson. Katie. Okay, so that that's the Twitch quartet maybe coming back yeah. although i don't think lando will I ever come stumble back guys took the like headline there not twitch quartet might be back <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. stumble guys uh, i don't think lando will come back though personally because every time he seems to stream someone tries to cancel him for something or other that he said so i don't think he will touch that with a barge pole personally but the fact that they were talking about it alex and george uh if they can get Charles involved Charles, the most unintentionally funny man ever to exist then maybe the twitch trio twitch Twitch threesome? Would that work? Um, it's come on. From a f- you cannot. Not after the under the table. You cannot say that. That, that was you. Sake. Yeah, but it's not the Twitch threesome. It's not like they don't I want to call themselves that. Even George just said in the chat, sorry. <laughs> Can't call it the Twitch threesome. That'll get banned immediately. Uh, but anyway, it'd be good to see if they do uh, come back. Um, that'd be amazing. No, Katie, they're saying in the chat. Uh, final thoughts. Oh, sorry. I was expecting Tommy to answer. He's not here, is he? 
My no. final thoughts are, um, hope you enjoyed this chaotic stream slash podcast. You can tell it's the end of the season. I'm, I still don't feel better after those shoeys that we did the other day. Um, wow. Yeah. For context, we we raised some money for uh, Blood Cancer UK on a Twitch stream and uh, we raised over £2,000. So many thanks to everybody that was so generous to, to get us to that goal. And uh, yeah, we all had to do shoeys and Katie still hasn't gotten over it, which is... Yeah, it's true. My boot is still drying off in the airing cupboard because it's ruined, so that's great. To be fair, my boot's still there. I'm going to throw it away uh, because it doesn't really fit. Uh, Right, there you go. Uh, My final thoughts are this is maybe probably the last podcast before Christmas, so in which case I will wish you a very... Merry Christmas. I won't wish you a happy new year because we're definitely going to be annoying your ears and be on live on Twitch before uh, 2023. Um, but just want to say a massive thank you once again for all of your support. For for If if you're just a podcast listener, I say just, if you just listen to, to the podcast, I uh, just want to say a massive thank you. The podcast has, has exploded this year. And um, the fact that a lot of people listen and do things whilst I just can't it just doesn't compute I see numbers on a screen but I don't realize they're like that you're real out there so thank you each and every one of you if you want to tweet me as well I absolutely love it when you tweet me saying oh I'm listening to the podcast and doing x and then someone just shows me a a picture of their washing machine it just becomes real for me so if you can send me a a tweet with a picture at Matty WTF1 or uh, Katie Fairman at Katie Fairman um, just send us some pictures of where you're listening to the podcast that would be amazing because genuinely it sounds weird but that, i love that sort of stuff so, yeah um, uh yeah matt sell the shoe i've been told all right uh best offer let me know in the dms okay thank you everybody uh for for listening and watching uh this chaotic stream as as katie said and we'll see you very soon after christmas merry christmas bye bye still waving for audio listeners Woo. well done love that bye